0: about um her being a chef and uh, obviously into baking and stuff like that and we talked about some reality tv chefs and you know mental health within the the restaurant sector um obviously we see a dramatized version on tv a lot where the chefs are shouting and cursing but ria could confirm that she's seen some of that herself and how uh how maybe even young people going into the industry would affect them a, a lot greater so uh it was a great chat um the lighting might seem a bit different because I'm recording this at uh, just after 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning We're we're going through a little heat wave and uh, I wanted to get it done early because this room gets very very warm but the lighting seems uh, slightly brighter because the sun is at the back of the house uh, just in case you're wondering why I'm lit up like this I didn't yet buy a new ring light and this ring light is still some something of an enemy to me and um, because it makes me look blue I think I look a bit brighter than blue today so maybe maybe I'm, I'm doing all right uh, who knows but um I might look a bit tired too actually anyway that's uh it's for another day to discuss but yeah there's a number of reasons I want to do this there's episode there's a you know um I'm I wanted to talk about the therapy I've been going through I'm, I think I'm six sessions in it's five or six I'm i I'm pretty sure it's six um and I want to discuss kind of the things that go along with that the reason I went for you know the obsessive compulsive stuff the uh they worrying about time you know um Trying to control time, which is a silly statement in itself, but you know this is the the way my the brain works. But we've we've gone through, you know, as I went into this this therapy, thinking that this is what we needed to work on. Like we we figured out other stuff that uh, popped up that um, uh, you know, uh, I didn't quite expect. Maybe it's been a while since I've been in therapy, so you kind of forget. Uh, I thought I was just going to have to deal with the stuff on the surface level. But turns out that's not the way it works. Um, so yeah, like. It's been it's been, you know, there was there was a uh, a problem with the guest last week. That's one of the reasons I'm doing a solo. I was going to be doing one soon anyway about the therapy, but uh, the guest could uh, didn't turn up, and uh, um for for very good reason in the end. But at the time, I I didn't know that, so I was uh, really again goes back to this idea of um, obsessive compulsive disorder where they were supposed to turn up at six o'clock. Uh, last week and, and uh, you know once it gets to one minute past six I'm already starting to get like itchy palms, you know. Um and I'm thinking like oh, you know I'm I'm be, I'm being put out like, you know, even though they're doing me a favor in my own uh something of uh twisted logic logic I'm I'm kind of starting to get a bit put out but like pay hey, ten pass there's no word twenty pass there's no word and I'm sitting there with everything set up and I'm thinking, should I put all this away? Should I wait a little bit longer? But then my you know, the 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 side of my brain that I am struggling with was just getting annoyed and flustered and stuff like that. So I shut everything down and, and that was that, you know, uh not the way to go about it. So I was eventually contacted by the the, the guest and they explained the situation and then obviously you feel terrible because that's the whole thing about it. It's like you know, as if as if everybody should be dancing through hope hoops for me. Just because I have a problem with 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 certain things that I'm I'm trying to work on like you know people have lives and you know whether it's kids or, or you know maybe their parents are real whatever it might be I'm just kind of discarding that like for my own oh damn we should be here in time when I'm sitting here in my room not like it's not like I'm stuck out anywhere in you know um with problems if I don't do it on time it's not like that so there was a little bit of that and I was a little bit upset but um to be honest I realized now I was being a bit of a up and I should have just relaxed, uh but I guess that's the reason for going to, to uh, therapy and and trying to you know figure some of this out because it's just it's becoming too it's becoming too much for me that it's you know it's affecting moods and stuff like that and and you know that kind of stuff like it kind of it go it, you know if if your mood is affected you're going to affect other people's moods and that's not what I want to do at all like. um so I yeah, look, there's a lot. There's a lot to uncover uh in this in this kind of episode. So um yeah, so as as some of you know that I did post it out at the time that I was gonna start going back to therapy and um the very very kind and uh brilliant um Joanne um and uh Tracy. So I, I they're both working the dancing soul, Joanne. Um, Adair is a, is a is an art therapist. Um, Tracy Bulger is a hypnotherapist, and they, I, I approached a couple of them to ask them who you know could they recommend someone to me for for um for therapy for for in particular what I was looking for. Um, and and Joanne got back to me with uh, with uh, Kenneth's name, Kenneth Ladan. He also works in the the Dancing Soul, and Tracy. Obviously, I wanted to confirm with with both of them because I contacted both of them, so he. The right thing to do, and Tracy kind of said, "Yep, yeah, go for it." So, um, it's interesting. Like, I didn't, I wasn't in any way, um, nervous about the sessions, or uh, I, I think some people can be a little bit. They see therapy as a negative thing, you know, that it's um, maybe like, going, especially if you've gone through ter- therapy before and. You think it's a negative thing to have to go back, like you're taking a back step. And I, I didn't think like that this time, um, and that's why I was so, you know, had no problem putting it up, um, to to mention it and and say this is what I'm doing because, it, it it's a positive uh, thing, you know, you're helping yourself. It's, you know, why why um, when all these resources are there, um, why why would you um, not do it? You know, it's 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 a literally to. To improve your own life, so I, I went into Kenneth the first day, um, not nervous to be honest. Uh I'd say if I was, I would have been quite relaxed fairly quickly because Kenneth is a, a very, very uh, uh, a nice fellow, um, very easy to chat to, um, even if, you know, I'm I'm not good at um, well, maybe I'm getting better, but I believe that I'm not good at uh at small talk, and everything starts at small talk, you know. But if there wasn't any of that kind of stuff on it, obviously that instantly instantly puts you at ease. And there's a thing that I told I spoke to Kenneth about and I've spoken about this in the podcast before. He sits on the other side of the room like that for me is is hugely important because to to open yourself up um, about your your anxieties and worries and stuff like that. You need this. You, I, well, I literally need physical space to do that because you know there's a vulnerability to it. Um, whether you're comfortable in the situation or not, there you are vulnerable about it. So, you, I, I need that little that bit of space where I can kind of express myself in, and uh, for the other person to, you know, not be encroaching on it. Just to be sitting there and, you know, Kenneth has a great way, and I don't think everybody that I've been to has this. He has a great way of not of of allowing the um, allowing me to talk but not to ramble because it's very easy to ramble because you can go off topic you know and I think that some of that is like some of that is conscious decisions as well to go off topic because sometimes when you go into something that it is quite deep that you weren't expecting to say you'll start to move away from it quite quickly but like Kenneth has a way of like honing in on it and then you know, obviously, opening up new avenues is how we can kind of talk about it and express it in different ways, and that's, you know, obviously that's a massive uh, thing, and it's up that you know that's the very reason for me going because I can't find those ways without somebody to help me get there. Um, uh, I, like when I went away from the first session, uh, the first session was very much a uh, um, like uh, you know, getting to know each other. Ken is very open about his past, so he's talking to you about that, and again, that puts you at ease, and. You know, you don't, again, we talk about this and I've spoken about this in the podcast before. You know, Kenneth, well-dressed, but not sitting there in a suit and tie. And I think that the suit and tie sometimes when you go to somebody in, um, when I was going to the mental health uh, care place in, in whether it was Westmead or Ask Common, like you're going to with someone with a suit and tie. The authority figure thing is always there. And I've spoken about this about doctors and stuff. You, you're never quite allow yourself to be as, as kind of, open and and kind of loose as you would be so to, for kenneth to be there in in his pants and his, and his shirt there's it, 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 more of a relaxed vibe with that as well so after i left the first one i was you know i was just i felt good i thought oh, de- yeah no definitely going back to kenneth that's great i found someone that can help me and and you know this is a positive step forward the, when i went back to the second one and, and it did became started to become like a therapy session um Obviously, we went quite deep with, with certain things. And what came up, uh, something that came up was that was quite interesting to me was um, uh, the idea of self-worth, you know. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize how low my self-worth is at times. And we went back a bit to when I was quite, you know, when I was young. And, you know, I I, I remember I have, like, don't have a good memory. Um, but I remember being in the back of a car with my mom. I think I said this on here before. I definitely said to someone recently, not besides obviously, that I asked her why I was so ugly, like. And that was, um, I don't know what the say. I don't know what the up to that was. I just remember looking in the the rear view rear view mirror, and I could see her face, obviously where she was sitting. And I said that. And you know, I don't think I am now. By the way, that was obviously at the time. I think I'm all right. I think I'm a, I think i have a four out of 10. I know. Um, but it, it, it was an interesting way because, because it, it led to that whole thing, like a, things that I wasn't expecting to discuss, you know, I thought it was going to be surface level OCD. Why am obsessed with looking at time? Why am obsessed that everything has to be in a certain controlled uh, way and a timely manner. And then we went deeper than that. And, you know, we, we kind of talked a bit about the uh, how I was being picked on Um and when I'd come down to Athlone uh, on my holidays and, you know, on, on some weekends, I'd be picked on down here, you know, by by lads. And, you know, in the, unfortunately, it was just a, a case of not having someone exactly around my own age. So I used to hang around with people who were a couple of years older and they'd pick on me a bit. But when I was in Dublin with my own friends, obviously, that wouldn't happen at all. So um, and I never I never didn't want to come down like that was the whole thing. But. You kind of know and you you get worried and you get anxious. And look, that's where it kind of comes from. That's where it's, that's where I suppose that's where it started. So I start, you know, that affects your self-worth. And then when we talked about, for instance, someone putting my time out, you know, knocking my time out and, and an ideal example would be the guest not turning up last week. It's one thing that it affected the OCD in the time, but it's another thing that it affected my my belief that I wasn't worthy of their time, and that's a part of it. That's not the conscious thing, you know. That's like the unconscious thing. The conscious thing was like, "Oh, you've knocked out my time, and I'm I'm anxious about that." But the unconscious, to begin with, anyway, is, "Oh, I wasn't worthy of your time." So it's a, it's a constant need within me to feel like worthy of of people and and you know, uh, you know almost situations and times. And I didn't. Uh, I was taking all these like little knockbacks, really, really harshly on myself. And it was always me. It was never the other person, because um, I guess it's easier to try and figure out yourself than the other person. I don't know. Well, obviously it is because you don't you don't know the other person what they're thinking deep down, like I'm talking now. But it, self worth is a massive thing that came up, and uh, we've as we've been going along the sessions. I even if we haven't talked about that within each session it's it's popped into my brain is that self-worth thing is that you know um and it's really interesting like it's an it's an unpleasant feeling to sit in but when I go away from the sessions it is quite you know part of it is like great we're, we're making progress but it's quite difficult to take that hour to talk about openly and honestly about things that are you know um affecting you and not for you to carry that away and be affected for a day or two afterwards um and to try and figure things out. Uh ultimately it'll be a good thing in the end because I need to think things through without Kenneth sitting in front of me too, you know. But it is hard to um it is something to carry afterwards. Uh but it's the way Kenneth has been helping me open certain like little vaults in my mind that I'd kind of shut, you know, um like the self worth thing. And I've been able to kind of figure some things out since. And I'm I'm able to point things out nowhere where I can think, oh, that's that's because of self-worth. It's not because of anxiety. It's not because of, um, uh, you know, the times and, and things like that. So it's it's been funny to to kind of deal with that. But that at the same time, I've been taking on kind of more responsibility at the gym. Martin's been very kind. And, and I think that's a big thing for me that um, Martin has. Uh, I think one thing I'm instantly thinking, like, why am I? why am I taking sessions? You know, why am I a coach? And why it's because Martin has made that decision, you know, based on, on, on certain th- you know, on a lot of things, I guess, but um it's a little bit of a boost that, you know, he, he thinks that I'm able to do it. That's the whole point of it. Um But I've taken on the duty and, and I'm cleaning and tidying the place. Now I was doing that kind of unofficially, but now I'm doing it officially. Uh, uh And there's been some, you know, uh, some in- interesting things about I'm really trying not to see it as as I, I spoke about m- my room as my room. I like it to be tidy and neat because it's my area. But if Anne is downstairs in the front room and changes things up, I don't, you know, want to change things back because it's not my area. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it doesn't matter where she puts things downstairs. So it's it's within my bedroom and um, the room where I have my TV and stuff. But now that's um, I don't want this to happen, but it has been happening. And now it's a little bit of a battle for me not to to um to let it get too out of hand. But what happens is so if I if I clean on a Monday and Thursday morning and I come in the, on a Monday evening and there's, you know, people use chalk to do pull ups in there and stuff like that. And there'd be chalk on the floor and chalk handprints on the floor, which are quite difficult to get out properly. And I'm kind of freaking out about it sometimes um. So we were in there one day, and this was a big thing that came up afterwards. But we were in there one day, and I was chatting to, to to one of the other people who um who trained there, and uh, you know chatting about therapy and stuff. They they asked me about therapy, and I was telling them about therapy and opening up to the idea of chalk being on the floor and different things like that. So it was quite you know within the moment and of of where we were that it was important. So about twenty minutes later, this the same person decided to get some chalk out the out the. The box and, and sprinkling on the floor in front of me they were smiling at me now you know on a different day I might have thought differently about it you know but on that day having spoken quite openly to that person about it and them to do it right in front of me it felt like a, like an insult and a, and a kind of slap and when we were talking when I spoke to Kenneth afterwards it was down to self-worth that I, you know this person was You know, I felt this person was above me, and they didn't care of how I felt because of what they did. You know, just doing that—real kind of—there was a smugness to it, and 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 there was a kind of—I felt at the time there was a nastiness to it, and I don't feel that now, but I did at the time. Um, so we had we basically had a whole session talking about that, um, and I and I still couldn't wrap my head around it for a while, and I can now, but it was it took me a while, and. Uh, subsequently the person a couple of days later apologized to me for 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 doing it and uh, obviously i accepted it there was no there is no um problem i don't have any problem with the person now and you know i realized it was it was meant uh, as a, as a kind of a joke and a, as as they said uh, trying to push the boundaries and stuff but i think those boundaries weren't quite ready to be pushed at the time but now obviously we we have it was, it was, uh, <laughs> Kenneth doesn't give me the homework per se, but you know, he, he gave me, um, it's really silly, right. To people. And I, I realize it's silly and it's kind of funny, but when I'm warming up for the women's class, I do like the warm ups, the start, and I'll do, do 10 chin to chest to warm up the neck, 10 ear to ear, stuff like that. And then I, for the, for some reason on the first session, I did do seven spinal rotations. It doesn't matter what they are, but they're just stretches, right? They're, they're kind of stretch. Um and I immediately from then on it had to be seven because that's just the way the mind goes you know um and one of one of them said to me then uh, uh about three weeks ago said um why is it seven and I kind of and I, obviously I was said this jokingly and stuff like that because uh, not everybody knows the situation um and I said well because it's seven it always has been and always will be now this came up with Kenneth because I wanted to talk to him about it like because. I thought, like, why Why does it have to be seven? Why is it seven? Like, why wasn't it ten? Why wasn't it five? I just, I just picked seven. I'd normally pick a, I don't know, five and ten makes more sense. But so, yeah, so um, Kenneth said to me, uh, it was last week or the week before, he said, why don't you change it? Like, you know, change it to eight or whatever. So for two days, I was thinking about it, like, you know, will this, will I do it? Will I be able to do it? And I didn't. I was going to say, right, do eight. And I couldn't do it. Right. So seven. But then. Like the 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 following week, which is you know just gone, just last Wednesday, I did eight, and um, you know, one of them looked up at me as if to say, I "Think he got his number wrong," but uh, I just said, "Look, I'm just trying to push things," you know, kind of again, jokingly and stuff. But that was a big win, you know, for me. That was like, it sounds, I know, it sounds really small and silly, but it was, it was actually quite a big win to change that, and to. You know, it's fun. I'm not even doing the move. Like, that's what's weird about it. Like, why does it anyway? It's a, it's a very strange way to be. But all this kind of chalk on the floor, untidiness in the gym, constantly trying to clean things. I'm now in a in a not a battle because I don't want to I don't want to call it a battle because then it makes it sound really tough, you know. But I'm just trying to work out like and try to remain on a level where the gym um will not be always how I would like it to look, you know. Everything stacked neatly and no chalk on the floor. That's silly, especially in the summer. Everybody needs the chalk to hang off those bars. It gets pretty sweaty in there. Um, especially this week, It's has thirty degrees every day. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to allow, allow that to get too much. But um, and then the, there's the other, uh, the opposite end of the kind of imposter syndrome idea. And Kenneth, this was brilliant, but but by I, I would never have thought of this. Um. Without it? so I started, and people might know listen to this regularly. I passed my CrossFit course, so uh, Martin gave me um, a couple of classes. So I was doing one on the uh, kind of a surprise one on the month or on the th- I think it was Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, and um, it was it was quite strange uh, to do it at, at that early and and but everybody was, knew what they were doing it was really cool. So and I took on the next class. And I felt the imposter syndrome and the idea of like, who am I to be telling some of these people who have done CrossFit for longer than me, how to do what they're supposed to do. But can I put it this way? He said to me, who's the best footballer in the world? I think I said Mbappe, but you know, whether it's Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, it doesn't really matter that much. It's just, who's your idea of the best footballer in the world. And, and what about their coaches? You know, do they think that they're better than Messi or Mbappe? And, you know, that's the whole idea of what Martin said to me is it's one it's one thing knowing what you have to do, but it's another way of it's another thing entirely of communicating it. There might be some of the best cross, CrossFitters in the world who'd be able to show you every single move. But couldn't communicate it to other people, and I have tried to think of a start to think of it that way, but the idea that there's coaches for Mbappe that couldn't you know get anywhere near his level of, of football and that for me was just like if you are suffering from imposter syndrome or dealing with confidence issues how to think differently within situations um that you're put in where you are the the coach or or the manager or whatever the situation might be so i i, I just thought that was a brilliant analogy and i that's what my thoughts were on on at that moment so for the last five or six sessions that I've uh, had with uh, Kenneth, they've, they've been really great. They've been really eye-opening. Um, one of the first sessions, he, he put a bin. There's a bin next to me, and he just placed it on the floor on its side, and he just kind of sat back in his seat, and it was in the corner of my eye. And everything he said after that, as the bin was on the floor, I wasn't listening to because all I was thinking was, and it wasn't even so much what's the point in putting the bin on the floor? Why would you put the bin on the floor? Like nobody would have that in a room with a bin on the floor. So that wouldn't happen in real life. The What was going through my head was, why do I care about a bin on a floor when it is in my room? And I think that's what's become more difficult. And that's one of the reasons why I started therapy. That the outside of my um, my rooms and my house and my comfort zone, were becoming something that I felt I wanted to control more and I'm worrying that if I didn't have that control that all my problems with anxiety and things like that would would come to the fore and that's not the case and I realize that now we've got a few more sessions to do um but you know I hope I help I hope that helped you you know helped like explain um what I've been doing in set in the sessions and stuff Um, but yeah, I want to thank Kenneth, obviously, uh, a brilliant therapist, um, in the dance and soul here in Athlone. Um, let me read an advert if you don't mind, and I'll take a drink. It's very strange talking for this long, even though I probably talk to this for this long to people all the time They want me to shut up. Um, okay, Fusion Training Center, Monksland, Athlone, a place to train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts, and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, Find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Center or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Center, train like a warrior. Um, women's classes are flying with a few people in last night and fair play because the heat in that gym last night was intense. Uh, but they were there and they were rolling and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the classes with them, to be honest. Um, and not just, you know, the jiu-jitsu side of it and, you know, passing on some of the knowledge that I have, but uh because of them because they're such a great bunch and very uh they ask questions which is you know so important but i think i think lads are just to hold back from asking questions for some reason it's like thinking oh i don't want to ask this question it's a dumb question but it's not a dumb question if you only just start doing jujitsu. jitsu you yeah know? um everything is valid so i, I really love it um but yeah, you can sign up for your for a free class if you want to try it uh, on the Fusion Training Center uh, Instagram page or Facebook page. Just uh, give them a shout in there anyway. Have a drink, well deserved. It's already starting to boil in this room. Try not to swallow in front of the with the microphone. I hate that sound. Um. So, uh, like, there was another thing to. When I talk about the 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 kind of CrossFit things and um that idea of um there's I suppose there's a difference right I suppose the difference in in when I'm talked about the coaching side of things. Uh, when I coach CrossFit, I'm not as comfortable as I am when I'm coaching Jiu Jitsu. But when I'm coaching the Jiu Jitsu women, apart from one uh, one of them who has been there was there before uh, COVID and had trained uh, for about a year, maybe maybe two years, everybody else is new. So if everybody else is new, you feel that you're grand, you know, you're able to teach them no problem because, you know, you're going for real fundamentals. Then, And I'd like to think what I hope to think after doing it for so long that I'd have the uh, fundamentals nailed. So that, that was the worry about taking the CrossFit class and, and, and being a bit, you know, outside of the, the comfort zone, but, but the trust, the trust issues was, was, um, the trust from Martin, I should say, was, um, uh, was what, what, what kind of settled me a little bit. And, uh, to be fair, it's funny, like, um, I, when I was doing the second class, I shouted out, all right, you know, it's seven o'clock or whatever it was. And I shouted, out, okay, and everybody grab a bike there and we'll start the warm up. I think half the people in there just looked round as if to say, is he messing? Like, because they just saw me, someone, you know, see me, someone in their trains, not coaches, but everybody's very supportive, all the, all the, People who trained, they were supportive and not giving me uh, too much grief, and you know, uh, just getting on with their work. In and, and again, they were doing it Thursday night, like or was it Wednesday? Whenever uh, bike sprints and stuff in that heaps it was incredible. I trained yesterday morning. Um, t- I trained two crossfit class- classes and a jiu jitsu class, and honestly, after the second crossfit class, I could have, uh, you know, just twisted out sweat out my and t- that's horrible, but sweat out my t shirt. It was that warm because there's bike sprints as well and there's other stuff i'm actually feeling now my legs like the, the amount of work we did but um it was really enjoyable but it's just that you know how much water i have to drink to kind of replace that. Is it's i was just drinking water all day just and what you're supposed to do but yeah it was uh, those you know it last week this this is one thing maybe it was two weeks ago right so it's you know there's a thing of co- being confident as well or or at least putting on the show being confident when you have to stand in front of a group of people and and tell them to you know or grab the bike or you know skipping ropes whatever and and that confidence was i was i was watching um my mum was on we were watching a, a documentary about Kate Bush and uh, you know obviously she's she's back in the the headlines because of stranger things and and uh, running up the hill being on kind of heavy rotation on the radio and stuff like that um and I, what i found what it kind of took from the the episode is the supreme confidence of of somebody in control almost like a master of what they're doing and expressing themselves exactly how they want to express themselves um if you watch any kind of you know she's she's very private figure capable bush but if you watch any of her videos that's that's like confidence the stuff that she does in those videos is is like supreme uh, some of us out, we, what we'd see is out there, but the, the confidence to kind of deliver what she's doing. um, And, you know, we can't, we can't think about what she's, th- you know, we don't know what she's, ex- ex- you know, really thinking deep down, but she goes out there and just does her, her dance routines and the way she sings her songs in particular, um, like falsettos and stuff, which aren't, I suppose, not, not a lot of people can do them. Never mind, do do them. But, you know that the way she introduces instruments that wouldn't normally be there that that's like the supreme confidence in the talents and the gifts you have and none of us really um i wouldn't say give ourselves credit for the talents and gifts we have we don't even recognize them half the time because we the, the irish maybe in us don't want to uh think it's a bit cocky to be to be talking about that like you know and i know people who are on the surface are very 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 confident but like deep down there's there's a bit you know a lot of it is to, is to maybe deflect from the lack of confidence that they really have about other issues so I thought that was something I took from that like of of somebody completely in control of what they're trying to do but com- with a confidence there that you know you aspire to maybe I don't know will we ever get there is, is another question but I'd certainly like I'd certainly like to get like half of that you know I'm not going to get that talent, by the way. I'm not talking about talent. Talent's one thing, but having the talent is somebody singing a song and, and, and you know, producing it well and putting it out there. But the way she delivers in the song and makes a a, a show and a performance of everything she does, it's like that's that's someone to really, uh, you know, watch and aspire to be because it's incredible. So it just left a mark on me with all the stuff I was thinking at the time, whenever it was—the week or last week or the week before—that, yeah, try and try and kind of harness some of that confidence from from somewhere. Um, I know that I this is this episode's called Therapy Thoughts and Tips. So another thing I was I was watching. So I don't know if if people who are who are uh, this kind of ties into the music, obviously. But I don't know if anybody watched the Woodstock um '99 documentary. uh What's it called? It's it's Woodstock '99 something can't remember. But anyway, if anybody doesn't know the history of Woodstock, uh, 99, they tried to bring uh, a peace and love idea um, from 30 years before. Uh, Michael Lang, the same dude that organized. The first one was involved. Um, There was big, big, big money men involved, as there has to be at those kind of events. And it was absolute. It it, it was terrible. It was awful. Like, I love the fact, though, because Michael Lang said on the on the documentary that he didn't know who the bands were so if you want to introduce a piece in piece of love to an event and some of these bands like rage against the machine i love them they're class political you know rock band um you had corn again heavy heavy new metal whatever you want to call them limp biscuit new metal uh, chili peppers i don't know what you call them heavy rock maybe um it's not quite the way Woodstock was, you know, it wasn't Woodstock. It didn't exactly have like head head banging um, performances at. So, but everything was wrong, you know. Like the water, the water fountains were cued at, and half an hour, everything, you know, the the toilets were in an awful state after the first night. Um, the smell was meant to be atrocious. It was done around it like an old military hangar, so everything was concrete. So it was like hundred degrees heat bouncing off the concrete. Um, everybody dehydrated, just you know, drinking, you know, booze, you know, beer, whatever they had with them. Loads of jocks, as you'd you know, as you describe them, just being dickheads, you know. And as all this was going on, the music was heavy, and everybody's head banging, and it just turned into like a, a kind of hell on earth. People started leaving early, and uh, then they started burning things, and everything was going up in flames. And just when you would see the but it's it was partly like you know the people were out of control, but the situation that they were put in was 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 not a good a thing for them. It wasn't how it should have been. They, the, everything. Nobody was going around picking up after them, so there were just piles of litter everywhere. It was just disrespect towards the people who were there, and then the disrespect was kind of aimed back at them from the from the punters, I suppose, who went paid to. You know, they, they, everybody going to a festival doesn't expect to be sitting in lavish surroundings, but at least they to have some, you know, toilets that they can use, um, basic, you know, facilities. Uh, and it was just it looked, and every every as as long as the festival went on, the price of the water went up, and it was up at seven uh, seven dollars at one point. Um, and then Limp Biscuit, who were kind of blamed for it, but you know, they were a, a tiny part of a really badly organized event, but they were. Singing their song break stuff and then everybody literally start break breaking stuff and, um and then there was sexual assaults reported at it, uh and and you know at towards the end of the documentary the saddest thing is like the the money men, you know the guys in charge never accept responsibility for what they did it's it's always somebody else you know, um it's like Fred Durst who's the, the the front man in, in Limp Bizkit you know it's his fault, um it's the Chili Peppers fault for for playing. Cover of Jimi Hendrix Fire when they saw a fire burn in the distance. It's always someone else's fault, and you know that that's the kind of sad and shocking thing about it. That yes, there were dickheads at the at the event who were who were there to. I wouldn't say that they they were there to cause trouble. But once things started to go the wrong way, that's inevitably was going to go the way it went. Um, but. When you see the 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 set list, and uh, that's what bothered not well, not bothered me the most. I mean, there was violence and violence committed against women and stuff is the worst stuff. But if you're looking at it from an event point of view, you can't uh, get the idea of '69's peace and love into an era of of um, you know thirty years later into the year of the '90s. It you know it doesn't work that way. Just like the way it wouldn't work if you tried to do one now. It'd be a different situation. Like maybe you wouldn't have. I'm not saying you'd have fires and you'd have everything that they had, but you'd certainly have um, problems of a different nature. Like what if someone didn't get the, their Wi-Fi went down? You know what I mean? Like, but but no, and it wouldn't. You know, that's like that's just a small thing. But like something would be different in the way the the Gen Z or whoever it is now um, would be upset about it. If if you treated them poorly, you know, you got to treat you. you people spend hundreds of dollars on a on a festival a three-day festival they want to be respected by the organizers and it, you know and they weren't and then they decided well you know if you don't show us respect this is what's going to happen um so yeah it's it's a, it's a it's a very interesting documentary of a, a, like a, like a time capsule uh, back to ninety nine and and what was going on in, in in even in America of what was going on in America at the time and what the the, the youth the youth were dealing with. Um, it's interesting doing this show actually this this episode because it's like um, I suppose like a little bit of a therapy session in itself at this stage. Chatting through all the stuff apart from the Woodstock stuff that's just uh, something that came up. I wanted to talk about when I wrote this episode there last week. I wanted to bring it up and it, it is a. Like I said, it's an interesting thing, but yeah, being able to kind of come on here and just talk about all the stuff I've been doing in therapy and not, it's very interesting to, to have a people who listen to this podcast and that my trust in them is so high that I know that, you know, whatever comes to this podcast, whoever listens to however many listen to it, there's not people who come back and say but why don't you try it this way, try this way? Because I think it's hugely important for the people um, who are going through stuff to, if they want advice, you know, to, add, to they'll ask for it. And you, you like, you know, people kindly give it like, like, um, Joanne and Tracy did for me, <clears throat> excuse me, but you know, it's not, but you should do this. There's never any of that. Because I think that that can, that can be a good idea for people. If you say you should do this, but if six or seven people say it, it becomes just a, it's it, it it it's hard to kind of piece through that stuff you can't try, you can't try everything so you got you you go your own route but if people are asking you for help be willing to listen to them give them your advice and say well maybe you should go see a therapist you know uh, or um you know even if it was a physical thing you, could, you know maybe you should go see a massage, massage therapist you know you I don't I know there's not going to be a flood of people coming back and that's important for me because it's not it's not that I don't want the input from people because I absolutely do and from on every every episode, you know, people coming back and telling me that they enjoyed it or you know they, they listen to it at this point but then they were struggling with that. That's that's cool, that's the whole point. Um but the idea that I, I, I'd be so if I thought that was gonna happen that everybody's like, well you shouldn't try this, shouldn't try this, that would freak me out, you know. Well not freak me out, it's a bit of an overstatement. There's something else actually. This is this is the moral quandary that I found myself in, that I mentioned on on Facebook yesterday and stuff. Um, there's you know the i that the thing about buy me a coffee, you know, um, that people have. What's it called? Is it Patreon? I think it's Patreon. But uh, people give you like a couple of quid, you know, and uh, for for the for the podcast and the, and the work you're doing. And I said I'd never, kind of, ask for that, you know. And and this is not me asking for it. By the way, I'm just putting my thoughts out there. I haven't even said this, Sean. I just noticed actually. This is my part. If you're looking at this on YouTube, you can actually see my cauliflower ear on the because it turned the it sticks out more, but it's starting misshaping now, as you can see in this area here. Anyway, see that one normal shaped ear. That one not normal shaped ear. But anyway, it's where I was wrestling. Like the lads would be laughing because I, I'm. The person who does the least amount of wrestling in there. I'm um, Very much just uh, uh, a sloth on the bottom that hangs on to people until they make a mistake. And then hopefully I can capitalize. But anyway, it's got nothing to do with this. So, yeah, the the option of buying me coffee. And I hear, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. And everybody has that option where people can donate to the podcast. So, you know, great. Fair enough. I didn't want any, anything to do with it. But last week I was kind of thinking about it. And again, this is not me saying I'm going to do it. This is just me voicing my uh, opinions on it. Uh, what by, by the time I'm finished voicing my opinions on it, I'm not going to immediately set up a, a thing on my page for you to donate. If you would, that's not what's going to happen uh, for now. But I wanted to kind of put it out there because. I'm really uncomfortable talking about it, but I thought, look, this is a session or this is an episode where I've been talking about my my therapy and all the stuff I'm going through. So now let's be honest with people and, and just tell them what I've been thinking. So. <clears throat> what's been interesting the last not every uh, guest, but some of the the last few guests, they've all had books and I, I've been kind of leaning towards getting guests on who have uh, not every week because I still want, you know, I still want people from the town here to come on and chat to me about stuff like, you know, in band, people in bands and stuff. But, you know, I've been uh, I've been reading these books and like, you know, um, the guest, you know, I, I read a book. People probably saw me put it up, a ballerina, an Irish ballerina. Um, the book I'm reading now is about uh, politics and music, the power of politics and music, because the person who wrote that is going to be coming on to talk. So a lot of the, the guests that I'm kind of coming, like approaching have been either written books or. You know, uh, or like you know, I had Ella on the Anthropology, Anthropologist. she's written papers about certain things that were I found fascinating. So, but they like, you know, that's costs, it costs money to buy the books. Obviously, I I tend to buy them off. Um, I I'll buy them online and read my iPad because obviously they're much quicker than ordering a book and having to get it. And especially when I have a quick turnaround of the book that I'm reading and the guest that's coming on. I, I need to I need to get to it kind of quickly. So that's costing a bit of money. And there's a little bit of cost on advertising as well on what we do. So. So I like and I realize that that's another thing like people are could be saying, and this is probably something I'd be thinking, saying, well, well, you don't have to have guests on the right book, so you don't have to advertise the podcast and you don't have to do that. Well, I, I don't understand that. But like the, there's a deep within what we were trying to do from a, from the start, myself and John. It it would you know the whole point is to get a, this out there to people um, who may de- not only may need to hear it but just people who might want to hear it. You know, it, it's a different. That's the great thing about podcasts. It's like radio. Like it's just independent radio, and it's if you think it's like flitting between guests, you don't have to listen to last week last week's guests, but you might want to listen to next week's because it might have more to do with your life, you know, um, uh, with music like, uh, like Mark Randall, sorry, Dave Randall, who's coming on next, who who wrote this book that I'm talking about. He was in the band Fateless for 15 years. He played with Dido, he played with Sinead O'Connor. People might be fascinated by that. I am fascinated by that. That's why I'm having him on. But to have him on, I have to be, uh, you know, genuine and, and, and work hard to get a good interview. So I have to read the book and the book, the book appeals to me anyway. But, and it's, it's a fascinating book, by the way. But, um, and we'll be talking more about it next week, actually. But, uh, yeah, so it all costs a little bit of money, you know. And fortunately, um, because Martin's been giving me a little bit of extra responsibilities, and I've been getting a little bit of extra money. So I don't have to worry about it so much. And, like, if I was to do this, there is not a single chance that I would allow either of my parents to donate to it. Because the amount of support, uh, both emotionally and financially, they have given me they're not allowed to give me uh buy me a coffee or whatever on Patreon because they have done way more than enough to help me uh you know, in life and with this podcast, I must say. Um uh, because if we talk about confidence, uh knowing if nobody else was gonna listen to it, knowing that two people, the most important people uh to me are listening to it every week, that gives me confidence alone. So they would be forbidden from now. I I hope. Well, I know you're about listening. Forbidden from giving me uh, donations. If I was to set this up, listen uh, to everybody else. I know I said I wasn't going to do this. I still don't know if I'm going to do this. I just wanted to put out there. Feel free to call me uh, a hypocrite on at, at every level uh, because it would probably be justified. Um, but. We'll see look i just wanted to i just wanted to put it out there and say, you know i like you can probably tell how uncomfortable the last ten minutes have been for me, but um, this is where I find myself, and uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of it but yeah it's been it's been um it's been a very interesting and rewarding uh six weeks of of doing this therapy um Wanting to talk about it on the podcast, but but really finding it difficult to until, you know, when I wrote this last week, uh, finding it difficult to get to, you know, to find a way in. That that was the hard part, because it's where do you start? Like it it was because so much of it, like I didn't I haven't brought up 50 percent of the stuff we've, we've been talking about. And it's all significant to me, but I was trying to find exactly where i could start that conversation of 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 where i started with the therapy with kenneth and have a kind of a good a a, a line for me to be from where we we where i was going in thinking this was what we were going to do to where i found out what we were going to do now you know thinking about it now and i'm obviously i'm back again next thursday but um I think the first three or four sessions were very difficult afterwards because I, I was carrying the stuff you know out of the out of uh, the room with me I was you know going home with this stuff and um analyzing it just the way my you know my own thoughts go and I think the last couple of weeks I haven't what I've taken from it is the positive stuff so the stuff that I'm kind of musing on the, the next day or the next you know or over the weekend or whatever is the is the positive stuff and the things I should be looking at to change where at the start I was just feeling like oh how did self-worth come up that's heavy enough you know but in order to get from there to there we had to bring it up like um, that's why people like Kenneth are, are in the jobs they're in because they can figure this out they can they can from what I said about you know, the control that I needed in time and spaces and events or whatever. Can kind, of, kind of dig a bit deeper than I can go on myself and we can figure out where this comes from, where it has started, how we can approach it from a different way to, in order to make it, uh make it easier for me to deal with. Um, and obviously I'm still dealing with the time issue and I'm still dealing with the OCD, but we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, I can feel it, like, you know, I can feel the kind of the movement, the, the, the change, uh, and how it's, uh, how I hope it can come about. So I think if you feel that you need to speak to someone, um, and, and, you know, somebody who's trained, uh, a professional, I believe you certainly should, and you should not see it as a, as a negative, to be doing that, like, you should definitely see it as a positive because that's your, you're taking the the bull by the horns and, and taking control of your life by going to somebody who can help you figure out some of the stuff that you've been going through and dealing with It's 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 too important not to do it. Like, you know, um, friends are great, family are great, but unless they're trained in how to dig a little deeper uh, than the surface level that you're thinking on, it's not going to be enough. Um, so, so approach it with the idea that this is for me, this is like, you know, and I know this analogy is used an awful lot, but if, you know, if you felt, if you felt physically ill, you'd go to a doctor to get it sorted. We shouldn't think any different about um, people, you know, um, mental health professionals in any way. Um, they should be thought of as, you know, the same as doctors that are to help you get through some stuff that you've been going with. Um I I wonder have you been um, enjoying the weather this week? It's you know by this time this comes out Wednesday. It's supposed to have dropped like ten degrees. I'll be honest, I'll be quite happy about that. Um, I've been given out to it by a couple of people over the last uh, the last uh, well forever. No, but the last few uh, you know few days or or week or two about complaining about the heat. But the the fact of the matter is, I wasn't. I wasn't built for this I was never it was never my thing and I think I had the uh well I had the misfortune of suffering from when I was over in New Jersey with my mom my brothers we believe I got sunstroke but whatever it was it was horrendous and I think ever since then I think everything about it is I want to avoid it um I went out to uh if people are from Matlone they'll know um Cousin Point. So I went out there. I, I can't remember. I think it was Wednesday or no, it's not Wednesday. Maybe Tuesday. And just the heat was relentless. And we we found um we found a little spot to sit down and have some eat, But like it, we were in. I think we were in the shade when we were eating, but we went out to like throw some like try to do some skimming stones. You know, uh, and the heat just felt just like on the back like pulsing on my back and I was and and my head because it's shaved you forget about it and then your head starts itching you're going, Oh I think my head's burning. So I haven't been enjoying it all the much uh although although last yesterday evening was quite nice when it cooled a few degrees and it was just we were just sitting out and it was it was rather pleasant. But anyway, this is not a this is not a weather show. It's not the weather forecast. But anyway I hope you enjoyed it the heat and listen I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was um, it was important to share these thoughts. Uh, I've wanted to do it for a couple of weeks now, and this seemed like the appropriate gap in guests to do it. Like I said, you know, keep coming back. It's funny, like, episode 133, and I keep thinking we're only getting started, but we are only getting started. Like, episode 133 is, obviously, it's a big number, but, you know, we're going to be going higher and higher and higher. So and the guests are going to keep on coming. And I hope that they're going to be as interesting as each uh, of the ones that came before them. Uh, I obviously want to thank John for the technical uh, work he's been, he's actually, and John, if you're listening, stellar work you've been putting in recently and uh, couldn't do without you. My head would be wrecked. i would be, i would be talking about it with Kenneth, if I, if I had to do all the, all that kind of technical stuff that freaks me out. Um, I want to thank my mom my dad as always my granddad John Calvin uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel that would be most helpful uh, it won't be annoying you all the time with notifications you will literally get one notification a week it's only one episode a week so if you don't mind uh, just getting that one notification a week just click subscribe you don't have to have a YouTube channel you literally just open YouTube even if you don't use it open YouTube go to the weekly weekly hit subscribe under the video that's all um, <clears throat> excuse me my voice is going um, we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we're on Twitter thank you for all your support on there uh, all those likes do mean uh, a lot uh, Spotify Apple Anchor Google Podcasts etc uh, and thanks to everyone for, uh, for tuning in it's been, a, it's been a really great episode I really appreciate you listening to me um, go on for this length of time um, have a lovely week take care of yourselves and uh, we will see you next week for some more. Bye now.